Hey listeners, Tim Winkler here, your host of The Pair Program. We've got exciting news, introducing our latest partner series, Beyond the Program. In these special episodes, we're passing the mic to some of our savvy former guests who are returning as guest hosts. Get ready for unfiltered conversations, exclusive insights, and unexpected twists as our alumni pair up with their chosen guest. Each guest host is a trailblazing expert in a unique technical field. Think data, product management, and engineering, all with a keen focus on startups and career growth. Look out for these bonus episodes dropping every other week, bridging the gaps between our traditional pair program episodes. So buckle up and get ready to venture beyond the program. Enjoy. Welcome to CTO Wisdom. My name is Eric Brook. This series will talk to leaders of technology at organizations. We'll understand their career, what was successful and what was not, and what they learned along the way. We'll also look at what the tech market is doing today. We'll understand where they gather their intelligence so they can grow and scale with their organizations. Welcome to Joel, who we'll be chatting with today. Hey, Joel, would you like to introduce yourself, please? Thanks, Eric. I'm Joel Schlein. I'm the CTO at Textus. Um, we're a business SMS platform that specializes in uh, conversational as well as com- uh, campaign-based messaging. Awesome. Joel, could you tell me a little about your journey to becoming an executive in technology? Sure. Um, I've always had technology around in my life. Um, I've had a father who was an early adopter. So, you know, we always had the, the newest technology, whether that was a, a VHS VCR um, or a, a personal computer in the house um, at a very early age. Um, I was always encouraged to explore. And I think that just you really founded a, a natural curiosity around technology and um, a lot of things in that space. And from there, um, you know, I was given the opportunity to participate in in programming camps and in other software related uh, activities that um, really kind of fostered this, this love of technology um, starting even as early as elementary school. And, and from there, um, just really went on to uh, a more traditional computer science education and then uh, started my development career. Um, and through that uh, experience, um, I've had the opportunity to do a lot of different types of things. Um, and whenever opportunities arise, I always volunteered. Um, again, just uh, I have a, a real natural curiosity around uh, technology in, in different types of platforms or or systems. And so that gave me a, a really interesting, interesting perspective uh, and experiences that I might not have normally been able to have uh, otherwise. So um, not only have I done software development, but I've worked on um, large system implementations, um, system integrations. Through these different experiences, I've been able to um, really learn what I'm more, more passionate about and, and what I what I excel at, and also the areas that um, aren't as 
as interesting or or uh, fulfilling for me, which has really helped me kind of guide my career as well. Cool. I'm interested. You talked about that you had a computer in the early days. Um, can you remember what it was? Yes. Yeah, so um, our first computer at the house was a, a Commodore VIC-20. Oh. Uh, and then from there, we uh, moved to an Apple II um, and then had a Commodore Amiga and then uh, eventually an IBM PC clone. Cool. Okay. And you mentioned in that you like to jump into things that you didn't necessarily know or understand. Like, how did that help you progress in terms of your career? Sure. So I think, you know, very early on in my career, even at my first job, um, we had a systems administrator for our work group. And um, what was really interesting is that a lot of the development uh, team didn't interface or interact with them very often. That didn't make a lot of sense to me. I mean, we had to work closely in concert with with one another. Um, but there was like this natural or, or um, almost a barrier uh, in between the groups. And I just was curious about what they did and how they did it and um, what work uh, looked like for them. And that gave me a much better understanding of, of what they were trying to accomplish, how they're supporting our team, what it looked like to, to support kind of a, a work group of our size in, in some of the challenges that, that they would run into on a regular basis. I think that just gave me a, great, a greater sense of empathy for for the work that they do and op- opened up you know more information in and um different technologies that I had never seen or been exposed to yeah it, knowing the stack and being having no fear of the stack I would definitely say is a good mark of a good engineer um when you kind of like um when was the first time you started doing management so I started a to um, take on more software architecture responsibilities, um, you know, it, at a point in my career, and that really kind of led me down this path to to management. I had to start uh, coordinating and collaborating across a large number of different technology teams. Had to have a much better understanding of of business requirements in in what we were trying to deliver for the business. And that that sort of work was really energizing for me and really um, kind of put me on that path. And from there, I started to take on engineering team responsibilities and started to run in and lead engineering teams and then started to get responsibility for other groups um, like QA and databases and uh, DBAs um, and then systems and systems administrators and so on. How was that transition for you from, say, an individual contributor as a software engineer to management? Was it easy? Was it hard? It wasn't something that I ever expected to do. Um, it wasn't something that I, I planned or, or set out. Um, what I found was interesting is um, I really enjoyed the, the people side of, of, the, of that work. And I take a lot of satisfaction in 
helping others succeed and, and grow professionally. And that was something that I, I really didn't understand kind of before getting in, into this as much. Um, you know, there, there's always a drawback to, you know, hands-on keyboard kind of work. Um, there's always that, that, that desire to be more directly involved or, or closer to the technology. Um, but I found that I, I've been able to balance that with, you know, a lot of the other things that, that come with this job, the people side, the scaling challenges, being able to have a, a greater purview over the business, I think, um, make up for some of those, um, times where I'm not as close to the tech as, as I used to be. Cool. And so then you went for management management and eventually you were managing managers. How was that? Uh, that scaling was challenging. Um, and I think like as you progress and, and get higher, I think those, those types of challenges where you're learning how to delegate and, and distribute work more appropriately are hard to do. Um, and, you know, take time and in more energy than I think a lot of people realize. And, you know, when done well, it, it feels really, really, really good. And, and when it's challenging, you know, it, it's, it's sometimes hard to diagnose, especially when, when groups are getting really, really large. Yeah. Um, are there any um, bits of wisdom that you can talk about? Because obviously you said it was a little harder. So were there things when you were kind of more in that managing managers that you didn't know at the beginning and then you felt and then you started to find your way with it? Sure. I, I think the the big learning for me was you have to give people room in, in space to take risks. Um, and, and make their own decisions. Um, you can help guide them, but the more that they can decide and, and work independently, the, the better off you both will be. And that was hard for me. Um, you know, the, I'm sure there were a, a number of occasions, a number of occasions when I was more of a micromanager than I would have ever wanted to be. Um, and and in those situations, you, you know, the the team doesn't move as fast or or um, as successfully as they could. And um, you know, the the other thing about being able to take risks is is again making sure that they understand that you you are supporting them all the way through. And if mistakes are made, we'll deal with those in a, in a reasonable and logical way. And um, when something bad does happen that you will have their back and, and, you know, get them through that situation. And typically people will learn a whole lot more going through those, those types of mistakes um, and end up in a much better place long-term anyway. Um, and it, it it's hard because you need a, a real sense of trust, you know, with, with your managers. Um, and you have to be willing to let go and, and see mistakes happen along the way. Um, and that's hard. Um, it, and it, it's not always pleasant. And, and there are going to be some awkward situations or, or difficult situations that you're faced with. Um, and, and that's, you know, really um, what I found to be the, the most successful for me is, is again, that, that strong support system and be able to, to give them independence and, 
in some decent guidance. Yeah, Joe, I would agree. It is hard. That part of the journey is probably one of their real shifts away. Like there's definitely a shift from um, individual contributors and engineer to managing people. But that next one to like managing managers is hard. But it gives you many more opportunities, as you say, getting business value, being able to influence the team. Um, and then watching people grow is a beautiful thing as well. Like they've got this. This is awesome. Um, cool. Okay, so the next step um, from like you're managing managers and now you're an executive. How was that journey for you? It was an interesting one. Um, again, it was one of those situations where it, it it seemed like a very natural progression, but it wasn't necessarily something that, that I was planning for. Um, and the... It, the thing that I've I've liked most about about that is again being able to have a, a wider purview, um, and to be able to learn more about you know how a business is structured, how it runs, you know what are are more effective ways to do things, and then just I really like the the sense of partnership you know with other business teams. Um, I, I I really feel like technology is an enabler. Um, I, I am a, a big believer in, in not doing technology for technology's sake. And it's like, how can we provide, you know, value and, and be a force multiplier for all the other business teams that we're interacting with. And, um, you know, that, that moved to more of an executive level, you know, really gave me that, that kind of experience and, and was able to, to really teach me a lot about, um, those business areas and, and really develop those those tighter relationships and partnerships with the other business teams. That's awesome. Were there kind of skills that you had to learn at that stage of the job beyond like the business domain and obviously what the other teams are doing and other departments? Were there other skills that going back in time, this would have been really good to have or kind of like build up as I would say, like a director role? Sure. Um, I wish I would have known more about um, budgeting and and budget cycles. Um, that has come up in in is something that I I deal with on on such a regular basis. I would have had, I wish I would have had more knowledge around how that works and typically works in in different kind of business scenarios. Um, I've seen it done a bunch of different ways and in, in you know there are reasons for those different ways, but I wish I would have known and understood that better. Um, you know, public company reporting versus private venture back versus private equity, you know, those, there are all kinds of different scenarios that you run into. Um, but understanding kind of how all of that works and it ties together really leads to a lot of other things from a business perspective. Yeah, absolutely. I um, concur. Finance is really helpful to know. It, it it drives a lot of decision making, and the more you know about it, the 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 better you are. Um, the other thing is just really understanding communication styles and um, understanding how to communicate at that level and and more strategically versus tactically. Um, that was another 
kind of big shift that I saw in in moving from you, you know very minute details, which like engineering is all about, to more strategic views and 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 being able to talk more directionally um, was something else that I I wish I would have understood more and better um, in getting into this because it, it that's super important, especially when you're trying to um, justify some decisions or or um, help push it, push the team in a new direction. Yeah, absolutely. I think I learned a lot myself from like sales teams um, about how to sell, <laughs> to be honest, and learned a lot from marketing teams about how to show the return on investment along with product. Um, I agree. So what does success look like for you and what has helped you be successful? Um, success for me, like I said, is is really having technology be a partner to the rest of the business. Um, and, and that partnership is really important. The, the things that, that really facilitate that is having a high level of empathy for, for those other groups. Like, like you mentioned sales, being able to actually like go through a sales demo and see, you know, where the platform shines, where it doesn't, um, understanding kind of the struggles they go through in, in, um, kind of addressing those sales objections. Um, and, you know, I think that's important for, for technology groups to, to really understand. And I think it, again, just makes them better. Um, same goes for like customer experience, understanding like what your customers are going through, how they're using the product, um, what their, what their day-to-day -day use looks like is, is so absolutely important in, and again, you want to build and, and deliver the best quality products you can without having that understanding. It, I don't see that how that's possible. And, and what I found too is engineers want to do a good job in general, and, and they want to make sure that they're, they're delivering value. Um, and the more insight you can give them into how your customers are using it or, or how the team has to support it or, or how sales has to sell it um, goes a long way. And, and typically they have a lot of great ideas to help make all of that better. Um, it's just an, enabling them to, to have that voice and, and to, to get, gain that empathy. Um, and when those teams have that empathy, I think I've, I've seen the most success. Um, the other thing too is balancing the the needs of the business versus the the needs of the the team, and to make sure that we're pairing up opportunities for um, individual and professional growth um, as we're we're building product or or delivering features. And you know, there's often a lot more flexibility that you have in being able to craft experiences for for your team to, to experience that growth um, than you realize. And I've, I've been um, very fortunate that we've, you know, through the course of my career, have been able to um, help a lot of folks develop in, in ways that were very specific to them and allowed them to either get into new areas of technology or, or new focuses or, um, you know, complete career switches. 
and and do that in a way that was positive for everybody. Like there was a positive outcome. And I think that's that's super important to me too. Um, success is not just delivering the feature on time. It's also delivering it in a way that that the team can grow and, and, and develop as well. Cool. Um, in terms of like success, like obviously at the exec level, we also get pressure around like, how is the team performing? Um, we often hear, particularly recently in the last year, a lot about dev productivity. Um, what is you, how do you balance? Cause you've talked a lot about empathy and you've also rightly said there's a balance between the team and the business needs. How do you find balancing the pressure that comes from whether it be from the board, the CEO, sales, marketing, with what your team is capable of delivering. That I think is one of the biggest challenges um, and, and, and problems to solve, you know, in this in this type of position. Um, and and I think it really is around balance. Um, you can't just focus on product delivery um, without worrying about the platform or the people um, because eventually you will fail. And I think most people understand that deep down, but aren't super willing to admit it. Um, and I think, you know, what has helped me, you know, in these types of areas is just to be able to have frank conversations and, and really explain you know, why we have to balance and why we have to spend time in, in other areas and, and make sure that that is understood. Sometimes it, it takes uh, a number of conversations to make that happen. Um, sometimes it, we have to approach it in different ways. But, you know, being able to find and strike that balance of work, I think is really the, the key. Um, what has also helped is understanding and to be able to understand, again, like the finances of the business, the, the pressures that sales are under, understanding kind of what the sales goals look like, um, how we're supporting this, how we're marketing it, so that you can fit into those natural cycles that those other groups have. And understanding that, um, helps really tie the technology work more closely to the rest of the business. And, and again, you know, really helps with that, that overall partnership as well. Yeah, I love what you said about the cycles because each part of the department has different cycles they have to worry about, even whether it's the people team and it's the end of the year or the finance at the end of the month. Like, yeah, absolutely. You need to have a good understanding of your partners in the exec. Okay, so... What is something that you're trying to figure out at this moment? Just like you said, the, the um, problem around striking that balance. You know, we're, we're a very ambitious team. We have lots, lots that we'd like to get accomplished. We do have limited resources. How do we maximize the, the return on our investment in terms of, of, of money and people? And, um, that's tough. You know, we, we, we want to maximize developer productivity that requires investment, which is going to delay features, which potentially could, could help fund, you know, additional resourcing. So, you know, we're working through kind of finding the right balance for the team in, in making sure that 
um, our engineering team is as productive as it can be, and we're delivering what we need to and, and still keeping the platform um, stable and operational for our customers. And that's, that's tough. Um, the other kind of thing that, that um, has been top of mind is, is working on you know, building and scaling the team and in, in dealing with some of the diversity issues in tech that that we you know commonly see, um, and you know this has been something that that I've thought about and worked on for a long time. Um, there's a lot of kind of systemic issues just in technology with with the the type of people it, it attracts and and is able to to keep inside of tech. Um, versus being able to, to bring more, um, more diversity in. I've also learned that it, it's, it's really more, a more holistic picture of, of how a business is run and, and how they can attract non-traditional uh, candidates to these types of roles. You know, whether that's it, like flexibility in terms of, of working hours and, and location, or better benefits for um, family and medical leave, um, maternity and paternity leaves. All of those things play a, a huge part in that. In order to to really make a, a, a difference in terms of diversity in, in engineering um, hiring, you really have to think about the bigger picture and in, in all of those things together. Yeah, um, I think engineering obviously is interesting at the moment because we're going through big changes in terms of like we're in 2023 with chat GTBT four um, and people are interested in see how much this um, predicting of the next word um, will actually really help. And obviously it does greater summarization. So I feel like we're in for a big shift um, over the next few years which I think will be interesting, may open up opportunities for diversity in a way that it didn't exist before. But I also agree with you. It should be a goal for all of us. Okay. Um, what is your interaction with the exec? What does that look like? Could you give us like an example um, of what it's like at exec to work with other execs? Sure. So the I keep using the word partnership. I, I really like that. Um, I like to have partners across the table um, that I'm working with um, and not for. Um, I don't think you can be successful if, if you're in an order taking or subservient role. Um, it really has to be an equal an equal conversation. And I've been super fortunate that I've, I've been able to work with a lot of great um, peers. And you know the the thing that I, I I find really interesting, you know, folks that that are willing to share and and let you into more of their space and give you more information about what they're doing, what they're struggling with. I think it's been um, super enlightening to me and, and really helpful in understanding ways I can help or or just even be more empathetic or or um helping in in more strategic ways in in terms of like longer term roadmap planning or or technology initiatives and and the other thing too is um 
you know, at this level, we, we have to be pretty um, candid with one another. Um, there are usually lots of really difficult decisions that have to be made. And, and um, in those situations, you really want to be able to, to have a high level of trust and, and to be able to, to put everything out on the table. And that was not something that, that I completely expected or, or really understood coming up, but the better executive teams and better groups really have a, a candor that, that is special and, and can um, really make a huge difference. Um, and, you know, when you don't have that, it can be a more toxic environment and, and much more difficult to get things done. Yeah. I agree with you. Like the candidness is very important and the ability to give each other feedback and not take it personally, because you're often you're giving feedback, not just about the person, but sometimes the department and people in the department. Um, but partnership, absolutely. I love it when you hear them talking about either the thing that they've discovered or the thing they're trying to solve. And like as engineers, our core kind of like skill set is problem solving in the end. And I don't think that ever goes away, regardless of what level you need. Um, and being very open-minded to understanding of a trade that you don't know as well as your partner. Um, but yes. Okay, so what about the interaction with the board? How does that feel different and what kind of your experiences do you have around that? In dealing with a board, I've I've seen and heard horror stories around very adversarial relationships or or um, very misguided relationships. I've had really good experiences in you know being um, held accountable in in really um, questions around how and why we're doing things but also in, in a very constructive way. I think the, the best boards really will push, push you to think harder and, and different about the problems that you're faced with. Um, and also provide just such a level of experience that, that you know, if, if you're a senior problem, they most likely have had an experience with it or, or something similar, um, or know people that have and can help direct you to those those folks too. And it it's really being able to use them as a resource in and you know there's just a lot of learning that typically goes on um, in the board interactions that I've had, um, which has been great. Um in in super super helpful for for not only me and and my function but but the business in general. Awesome. Yeah I feel boards they ask questions a lot about finance and how the return investment relates. And it's an amazing growth opportunity, um, both the technical and the non-technical. Um, I've certainly also seen them being very helpful in recruitment. Um, so they are um, a different environment, but something worthy learning about and supporting. Okay. What are you seeing in the wider tech market these days? Um. Like we've talked about, um, I think AI and ChatGPT and, and kind of the advancements that have been made over such a short period of time, I think is really, really interesting. What 
software engineering looks like, you know, even next year could be dramatically different than what we're seeing today. And I think that's exciting and a, a, a little bit worrisome um, just because it's, it's not clear kind of how all of this will, will play out. I do think that it does have this interesting effect in, in, in terms of being able to, to make like software development and, and even technology more accessible um, to many more people, um, which I'm all for. And, you know, I think the other thing, you know, just from a, from a tech market perspective, you know, we have a lot of very cyclical um, things in technology. Um, we, we tend to repeat um, on a pretty frequent basis. And, and you know, I think we're, we're kind of at the next cycle in terms of understanding where front-end development's going to go. Um, is it going to kind of continue on its current course or, or make kind of a radical shift? You know, we're starting to see just the, the starts of folks moving away from cloud-based hosting to more self-hosting again, um, which again, I think is an interesting scenario um, and, and may have some merits, you know, in very particular situations. But I think we're going through again another one of these change cycles where we're going to see a lot of different uh, different ways to think about how we deploy applications again and how we think about front end development and and web development in general. I mean, I think that's going to be interesting over the next you know twenty four to uh, thirty six months. Thank you. What helped you grow, or helps you grow and scale now? Like, what are the things that help you? Whether it be books podcasts, mentors, what are the things that are helping you scale and grow? Sure. I, I try to listen and consume as much content as I can. Um, so I, I don't have a, a particular podcast in mind, but I, I listen to a lot of them. And, and I try to, try to look for, again, opinions or, or views from, from folks that, that are in different spaces than than my own. Um, so either really really large organizations or or startups in different markets, those types of situations. Um, I've also had a number of mentors that have been super helpful, like to me, you know, over the course of my career and in just understanding management in general and 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 how to deal with team structure and organization, change management, um, and they have been just instrumental in helping kind of set that set that groundwork up and, and being able to to talk with kind of ongoing. And and I try to listen to everybody um, that I can. Um, you know, when, whenever there's an opportunity, like I, again, I, I really like to to see what people are thinking and, and how people how different people are are um, going through these same sorts of challenges. And and I just um, really try to keep my ears open as much as I can. Awesome. Thanks, Joe. What do you do for fun? Sure. So um, I have three daughters and um, they're, they are um, with my wife, what we spend a lot of our free time um, doing, spending time with them, participating um, in their activities. We've gone through marching band and lacrosse and um, now we're into debate, so a lot of different 
types of things like that. Um, outside of outside of family, um, we we are a Disney family. We like to go to Disney World and Disneyland, um, and enjoy that that side of things um, as well as traveling. And then um, you know, I I uh, have always been around um, technology, but always have had um, kind of interactions with video games and and end up doing a, a, a fair bit of uh, gaming um, when I get a chance. So um, classic consoles and, and older arcade games is, is my preference, but still have the next generation consoles as well. Cool. Is there a favorite ride at Disney that you like or a favorite place to go? Um, I love the Haunted Mansion. That is probably my favorite go-to. And then... Um, you know, we just have family traditions around certain things, uh, and um, you know, we always make sure we have at least one Mickey ice cream bar <laughs> while we're at the parks. Awesome, Joel. Thank you very much for your time today and your transparency. Really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks, Eric. Calling all startup technologists. Have you ever dreamed of hosting your own podcast, but don't know where to start? Well, here's your chance to shine. We're thrilled to introduce Beyond the Program, our exclusive mini series, and we want you to be a part of it. As tech leaders and mentors, you'll get the exclusive opportunity to become a guest host right here on the Pair Program podcast. Share your expertise, insights, and stories with our audience of startup-focused technologists. Excited? We knew you would be. To be considered, head over to myhatchpad.com backslash contribute. Fill out a brief form and submit it our way. Let's co-create something amazing together. Don't miss this chance to elevate your voice and expand your personal brand. Visit myhatchpad.com backslash contribute.